Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. And I'm Lay. <laughs> my mic's too loud. It's okay, don't worry. You guys no, for once you'll hear my voice. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Welcome to the Wild and Up podcast. Wild and Up. Wild and Up. I'm not correcting myself. That's okay. How you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing great, because every week I'm like, meh. I know. It's always like, mm. I'm a positive person now. No, I'm doing well. You know why? Because Yara's been fantastic at daycare, <gasps> and... I'm starting work on Monday. Actually, I started work yesterday, basically, because I went to work yesterday for the first time. Mm-hmm. I went to just check out my desk, make sure, like, no one moved my shit. <laughs> I also went to make sure that, like, you know, my courses, my classroom, everything was in order. And it was so nice. It was weird. I had the, I got the warmest welcome. Oh. I was only, like, I've only, I only taught at this school two months prior to, like, my departure. Mm-hmm. And yet... Everyone was so nice to me. Aww. Like, I got there and they're like, what? Like, I, like, it was during, like, in the midst of a meeting that I arrived, because I'm late, as usual. <laughs> so I showed up, like, late to the meeting, and, like, it just erupted. Like, people were so excited to see me. It was, it was wild. I was, that like, makes it easier. Yes. It was, like, a tear-jerking moment. So <laughs> I was pretty happy. You that know, was my next question. <laughs> <Did> you cry? <laughs> almost. They almost took me there. Um, but it was so good. So I'm super excited to, to go back to work. Glad that Yara is adjusting nicely. And yeah, I can't really, I can't complain. I'm, I'm really, I'm feeling really, really good. That's good. I'm yeah. happy to hear that. And you're doing okay? Winter's doing okay? Winter's doing great. She's living her best life. She might as well get a driver's license <laughs> and move on out of my house. Because right. she thinks she's a big woman. <laughs> she doesn't need me anymore. Oh, jeez. And work, the newness has worn off, and okay. I have so much work to do. Oh, my God. But I'm actually so happy about it. I get up every day at the crack of dawn, and I'm like, let's get it started. I'm so happy just to be by myself and do my own thing and walk home slowly. I know, right? <laughs> so happy Take about your time. it. But, yeah. Um, today's a special day, friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's the 1st of February. I mean, this is not going to launch on the 1st of February. This is not, yeah. Well, okay. whatever day it is today, today is that day. That, that's, the, that's the day. <laughs> um, but it's also super special because we have a super duper special guest. Mm-hmm, guys. We heard your request. We're getting more guests. Yay! <laughs> and, like, we're not just getting anybody. We're not just asking people on the street. I'm not stopping people in no frills, but, like, hey, I have a podcast. You're busy? <laughs> it's not that. It's not that. We are actually sourcing Quality. Quality, guys. Okay. We're top notch. So we have uh, this beautiful being here. Oh, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Page one <laughs> of some. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> I was me cheering for myself. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys for having me. I am so excited to be here. I've actually been uh, waiting to be asked. So, oh. You know, I'm glad you think I'm quality. You're so cute. <laughs> 
Now, let me, a quick story about Paige. She uh, was, I think, one of, if not, like, first three of our followers. Yeah. Yeah. She, like, noticed right away that, like, when we posted, and she was like, wait, is this your podcast? And she, like, <laughs> was so, like, it was amazing. Just, like, love from the very beginning. So, this is well overdue. We're so happy to finally have you here. You're so deserving. Thank you. Um, and she also happens to be Leon's cousin. So, I mean, listen. I know. Lucky Leon. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for the hookup, Leon. I know. <laughs> Thanks for the bloodline. That's it. <laughs> Powerful bloodline. So, um, yeah, we're happy to have you. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. Awesome. Um, so, before we get into a little bit more about you, let's just do the bomb mom. Yes, let's do it. So, this week we're going to do it a little differently, and we're not going to nominate three people, mm-hmm. but we're going to just nominate one bomb mom that needs all the positive energy from every single one of us today and that is Vanessa Bryant. I don't know too much about her um, outside of the fact that of course she's been with Kobe Bryant since she was 17 years old so I don't think it's an exaggeration to say that like that's her first love yeah and probably the only man outside of her father that she's ever really loved that much yeah um and they've been through it i mean i'm sure they've had their own private like you know issues and Mm -hmm. and um you know challenges but they've also had public ones as well Mm -hmm. and they've just like stood the test of time she stood by him he stood by her like you know he's just they've just they just triumphed over Mm -hmm. all of the madness and the mess and they have four beautiful daughters together. And it's just been, it's, it's just tragic. Like, anybody who knows what, anyone who has ears and eyes knows how, how iconic Kobe Bryant was. Yeah. Um, so it's not easy. It's not easy to even, like, fathom what she's going through, having lost her husband and then her daughter, God, her having daughter. lost her, hus- her daughter. Like, I can't. Her 13-year-old daughter. Oh, my like, God. Like, that's, that's a baby. That is a baby. Of course. Right? So... I don't know. I think she has, she released a statement and, you know, she's like now starting to like be a little bit more active on social media. I noticed that she also reposted the picture of uh, Kobe Bryant's chair and um, they left two chairs at the Lakers game mm-hmm. for where they sat for that like iconic like viral video. And she just reposted it and, and it just has been, you know, sharing how so thankful she is for the support. So it's great. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that, you know, she's, you know, I admire her strength because same. I would be nowhere to be I found. I would not. No yeah. Way. Um, that would, I don't even know them and it shook me to my core. To my core. I, I still can't even watch the videos like in, the, in their entirety. I know she recently posted one and I think it was a caption like how much she loved being a dad. Mm-hmm. And it was like a two and a half minute clip of him just doing the craziest everyday regular ass dad stuff. stuff. Yeah. And I couldn't. I just couldn't. I couldn't even it's get hard. through it. hard. Because yeah. not only do you lose your husband, you lose your child, but then you have to be strong for your, your other, other children. children. Hello. Yeah. So it's like, how do you explain that? And I think she just had a baby too. Seven yeah. months old now. Yeah. 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 So it's like, how do you explain that to your kids? Be strong for them, but then mourn your husband and yeah. then mourn your other child. Mm-hmm. And they're mourning their sister. It's... It's horrible. It's horrible. And then you're also mourning the, the, you know, the loss of the other family. Exactly. And it's like, and I feel like in some weird, like, bizarre way, you're grappling with guilt, too, because it's like, your family and their passing is like, you know, it's all over the world. Mm -hmm. And there's this other family, there's all these other families who are also grieving, and it's just like, there's just no, there's no acknowledgement of that, or not as much of it. Very minimal. Yeah. So it's just a weird space to be in. So yeah, I you know I'm sure that we all agree. We just need to lift her up. 
we just we have to because mm-hmm. she's going to have some really 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 tough days yeah and the scariest part is, are the, the worst days i feel like are ahead like yeah. because whenever death happens it's always those first couple of days and prior to the funeral where everyone rallies around mm-hmm. but the worst times are always like when 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 you know a month passes and yeah. people have returned to their lives and it's just like no you're still in your cold lonely bed you're still walking through her room you're still oh, like that Lord. stuff is heavy yeah yeah super heavy so prayers sending all my prayers to her for Vanessa Bryant oh gosh I'm a sad again I know right? <laughs> god it devastates me I never that's such a nightmare it does but it's also one of those things and it sucks that it has to happen but it really helps you to put things into perspective mm-hmm. like gives us all like a really like aggressive reality check like the shit that you think is big is not it's not big at all it isn't like you know really treasure the moments that you have with your family with your kids like because you just never know you never ever know what's also crazy too i was talking with some of my friends when Mm -hmm. the whole quote life goes on and it's crazy that you know you wake up one day it's a normal day not knowing you're gonna lose a big part of your family right and then the next day you wake up and you have your reality is so shifted. Yeah. But the rest of the world is normal. Exactly. Like you could be going to the grocery store, opening up the door for someone, not knowing they just lost their husband, not knowing mm-hmm. they just lost their kid, mm-hmm. but the world continues. Life goes on. And yeah. that's yeah. just so crazy when you're just so disrupt. Your own reality is so disrupted mm-hmm. and you have to just be exactly. you have no choice because tomorrow is still coming exactly your kids still need food exactly you still gotta go to bed you still gotta make money you, you have to somehow deal with those emotions and it's just it's crazy there yeah. was one group of women um i heard it on a podcast and it was like they reached out to vanessa bryant and, she, and it's like a group of women who have lost kids lost spouses and you know other people who are very close to them and it's essentially they they, they call themselves a community of women who are trying not to die Ugh. And it's, like, heavy, but it's, like, yeah, when you lose a kid, it's just, like, every day you're just, like, trying to breathe. Like, they don't take, like, life one day at a time. It's, like, we just take it one breath at a time. We just breathe it out. And that's how we get through life and through the days because the days are hard. So, heavy, 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 heavy starts to the podcast, friends. But, I mean, necessary because, listen, for the discomfort that we feel in this one moment, like, this is her new reality. Mm -hmm. So, I think that we can take a moment to empathize, so... Definitely. Prayers up for Vanessa Bryant. Um, So let's get into today's episode. And the topic for today is millennial parenting. Hey! And for those who are out there that have no idea what I just said, (laughs) (laughs) Paige is going to give us a little lowdown on millennials and what the hell they are. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So... Millennials is the generation that my whole platform focuses on. Okay. So millennials, let me just confirm, anyone born between 1981 to 1996. So that's us. Yeah, so I'm, welcome. I go in and out of thinking I'm a millennial. You know why? <laughs> the internet like, keeps kind of bouncing between different years, but mm-hmm. this is this is what we're going with. Okay. Right? Sure. So 81 to 96. I personally focus on millennials for my own business because I feel like not only me being a millennial, but we're the most talked about yet misunderstood generation ever. Mm, And I think just in terms of the media, in terms of representation, in terms of our own upbringing, there's so many different things that we've experienced where the generations before us and the ones after us never will. Mm. Like something as simple that we deal with everyday technology. We Mm -hmm. were the only generation that had the mix of playing outside 
and we're introduced to technology. Mm-hmm. Like True. I remember dial-up internet. I remember not being oh able to talk on the phone and use the internet at the same yeah. time. Yeah. But then I also remember playing outside until the streetlights come on. Yeah. yeah. Right. The generations before us are like, "What the hell, internet? Why is there internet in the sky? What is this Wi-Fi thing?" Yeah. And the generation after us, they were born into technology. Exactly. Yeah. So we're the only ones that have access to both of that. We're also the ones that have been so immersed in social media in so many different realms. So it's messing with us in either a positive or a negative way in Mm. terms of self-esteem. But then there's the positives of marketing and putting yourself out there. Yeah. But I honestly feel like we are an amazing generation. Mm. I agree. (laughs) We need to understand our power that we have in this generation Mm -hmm. because we have all of those pressures of the media always downplaying us and representing us in a negative light and mm-hmm. anyways yeah. that's the whole side thing what i'm working on with page one of some yeah. but millennials is that age bracket fantastic so i mean you, you keep referencing page one of some and i yeah. shouted it up from the very beginning <laughs> but i think that like you know we'd be remiss if we didn't allow you to tell us what you do on page one of okay some. so it is an instagram platform that focuses on empowering millennials both personally and professionally so Essentially, what I'm trying to do is change the narrative. So um, I went to school for media and communication. So thousands and thousands of dollars is spent on how to effectively communicate both verbally and non-verbally, but also understand the messages of the media. And Mm. if you look at the common traits of a millennial that's on TV, avocado toast, (laughs) we're not working, all we want to do is travel, we basically don't give a shit about anything, Mm -hmm. right? And then when you go on social media, it's everyone's kind of having the same look, whatever that look is now, whether it's surgery or being super fit or whatever, Mm -hmm. but if you're constantly surrounded by those narratives that are negative, you start to become that. So the purpose of Page One Assam is to basically pull people out of their own head and be like, listen, look at this representation. Look at the things you can do. And also, I got into the corporate world, married, homeowner, having a kid, all of that. A lot of people within my age didn't experience that and didn't know how to handle that. Mm. So my approach is very direct. So I'll do like, say, five minute videos talking about whatever topic in terms of the housing market or motherhood or self-love, negotiating your salary. But I've made mistakes and I'm very vulnerable in that. So I will talk about where I went wrong, Mm -hmm. how you could fix it. But I do it in an entertaining way (laughs) to where when millennials are in that situation, it's like, oh, shit okay, now I could do this or I could do that. But you just don't realize how many things we're not aware of because if you weren't even brought up to look at certain circumstances or something as simple as self-love or communication, social media, anything like that, it's too hard to do it on your own. And sometimes you just Mm. need... I kind of say I'm that voice in your head that's like bitching at you to like get things done and take it to the next level and you keep ignoring me but I keep popping up every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday just like <laughs> reminding you like I love that. get it yeah. together but it's also to let millennials know that because when we were in high school they told you like three jobs you could do. You Very get true. famous, you can be a psychologist or be a teacher or mm-hmm. whatever. No shade to teachers. <laughs> no shade. Us. No shade. No but I hear you. But, I hear you. Yeah so it's also like you know there are other opportunities out there Absolutely. and it's also if you want to start your own business how to start that and how to kind of come to that point of what can I do? What are my strengths? And it's yeah. not just half naked photos on social media. You know? <laughs> Tell them. <laughs> So it is, I do a lot of speaking engagements, um, some one-on-one stuff, personal branding. It's exciting. 
It is exciting. Trying to make a difference eventually. No, not eventually. Already, my friend. Yeah, already. I, I'm inspired by this. It's true. Like, you can't. And that's, and that's the funny thing, because I, like I said, I show Lee on your videos all the time. We talk about them. We, mm-hmm. really, we genuinely do. And it's just like, yeah, you are so engaging and you're impactful. And I feel like you can't watch one of your videos without leaving thinking of something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, it leaves a lasting impression, which oh, is, I think glad. is really dope. Thank so. you. We're so happy to have you, girl. So happy to be considered quality. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so you are a millennial, yes. as we are, but you are also a mama. Yes, I am. So, millennial mama, mm-hmm. like, what is that? So, millennial mom. How would you define that? Oh, honestly, I could say it in, I don't want to be offensive, because mm-hmm. I feel like there's different types of moms, Okay, and I don't think that a millennial mom is one specific thing. Sure. Mm-hmm. So, millennial mom, of course, if you're born between those age groups, mm-hmm. right? I feel like the influence of social media has really impacted motherhood. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. I'll say an example. Like, early years, for example, I used to bring my son there all the time. Okay. So, if you guys are familiar with early years, yeah. Yeah. it's a free program yeah, yeah. with the other kids, whatever. Yeah. So, the type of mom I am, I'm a very, like, okay, if you fall, get up. Oh, you're crying? You're still living? Perfect. We're yeah. here, right? And I'm very involved in what my son's doing, playing, doing all that stuff. There is, because of the social media and the internet, it really projects fear. Yeah. So mm-hmm. there's people that say, my son will fall. They'll be like, oh my gosh, he fell. And they're losing their mind. I'm like, no, just let him get up. Yeah. will yeah. be fine. Or I went to the baby show and the biggest marketing scheme was, if you don't get this, your kid will die. Mm. <laughs> Basically. Basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Or when I was pregnant, it was, don't eat this, don't eat oh that, my don't God, do that. Like remember. someone in my office, I remember telling me, oh, you're pregnant, make sure you don't raise your right arm. I'm like, what? What? Like, It'll cause miscarriage if you raise it too high. I'm like, so what? right now, right now. And I'm just like raising my arms, right? So I think what? there's... What? Yeah, and it was, you can't eat this, don't walk too much. There, were, I was at a party and people were arguing. They're like, Paige, you can't be here. The stress is stressing your baby. Oh, so I feel like my Lord. there's that. And then there's the other side of how our parents raised us. Yes. Where... If you're not dead, you're yeah, fine. Exactly. Especially Caribbean parents. <laughs> exactly. So it's hard enough to have a baby because, you know, especially your first kid, you're yeah. focusing on keeping them alive. Oh, for sure. Right? So you don't know. You hear Sid. You want to make sure they're breathing. Oh, like, since Jacob has been born, I don't think I've had a full eight-hour sleep. Even though he sleeps through the night. Yeah. yeah. I just want to check on him. But I think we have so many influences around us where, yes, sometimes I, like, succumb to them. Mm -hmm. But I found that there's people who are super, super cautious. Mm -hmm. And then other people, I guess, are more realistic. And obviously there could be things that happened in the past in terms of that. But I feel like compared to other generations and being a millennial mom, we have so much shit being thrown at us. Trust me. Because it's like you have a baby and all of a sudden you should have abs because everyone on social Mm -hmm. media has abs. Or your baby should have some, that wrapped up thing, but has to, you know that thing where you wrap your baby? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The, 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 the fabric. Yeah, <laughs> the fabric thing, but it should be this brand. Of or course. the other brand, it's not good for your baby, uh-huh, your baby's going to yeah. get whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we're constantly being judged without even trying to be judged. Yeah. And then moms are like, mom judging Mommy each other mafia. too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, and then also like, the spaces of where we're living. So um, I heard when I was in early years, Brampton has the highest postpartum depression rate. Wow. And the reason they have that is because the housing market is so much cheaper there than, like, say, the popular Mississauga, Toronto, mm-hmm. that when these new families were having kids, they were moving to Brampton because it was cheaper to live. Yeah. And they had that distance away from their family that was more likely to cause postpartum. Plus, Brampton uh, is super spread out. Yeah. So I wasn't aware of that, but I live in Mississauga, and I'm like, why are there all these early years programs in Brampton? 
leptin and there's barely anything here. Mm-hmm. And they mentioned because the postpartum depression rate. So if you look at even the housing market for millennials, it's so wow. hard to get into. Mm-hmm. So we're moving to the bushes and mm-hmm. our parents can afford the city. So when we need our mom to cry on, True. we yeah. can. And they probably even know how to use Skype. So it's like, <laughs> <laughs> so you can feel alone, yeah. right? Yeah. So yeah. there's so many elements to war- around us. And I, again, I don't want to make it seem like it's bad to, um, you know, overthink or mm-hmm. be a helicopter mm-hmm. parent because there's nothing wrong with that. But I'm saying we already have so many factors that telling us we're doing shit wrong. Aside it's from true. our own families and friends judging us yeah. like every day on TV, Every day, these celebrities, body image, it's just a whole... A whole topic on The way that I describe it is, like, I feel like you can't mother in peace. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, you just can't mother Mm -hmm. in peace. Like, Mm -hmm. there's just constantly something. There's always something to be concerned about. There's something to compare yourself to. There's something to be intimidated by. Like, it's just, you can't mother in peace. And it's hard enough just by being around your friends and family that -hmm. judge you constantly on Mm -hmm. every little thing you do. Mm -hmm. And then you have to bombard yourself by going on social media and seeing the mommy mafia telling you that mm-hmm. everything you're doing is wrong and you're a terrible person and you're already in a vulnerable space, exactly. space especially being new mothers. Thank you. That yeah. we're already so hard on ourselves because we don't know if we're doing it right or wrong. Exactly. And to like go on social media and see people saying like, this is terrible, you're a bad person if you mm. do this to your child. It's like you're stressing yourself out. Oh, it's I'm like sure. a breastfeeding versus Oh, bottle, I yeah. had such a hard time with that. That is annoying also. So people wanting their kids to be famous mm-hmm. is a whole different... I don't know if you want this to be a whole different episode. Yeah. It is. That was a yeah. topic. It we is, never got to. No, yeah. but, like, I have experience in these, like, versions of moms. Mm-hmm. So okay. there, a lot of them are millennials. So long story short, I'll just summarize quickly. Jacob, I posted a video of Jacob. It went viral. So it had, like, one day 20,000 views, right? Mm. And so the views kept growing. It was getting, like added to all these different pages so this mom messages me and she's like hey do you want to be a part of this mom group and like we uplift each other so i'm not that yes you can do it person i'm like a more of a get your shit together why the hell not kind of person but i'm like hey you know (laughs) mom let's like mix with these moms yeah and it was moms from canada the u.s australia and some parts of europe okay so in the beginning it was like oh bobby's not sleeping madison is going crazy like Mm -hmm. you know regular mom shit and then it turned into Paige, I saw you had a viral video. You know, you should be using this hashtag and this hashtag so you can be found. Oh, how did you get Jacob to sit like that? I try and get blah, blah, blah to sit like that, and they're arguing with me. And I'm like, hmm? why are my kids just sitting? <laughs> and they, like, literally so spend their days propping up their kids for these photos mm. and dressing them in certain ways to be found. Mm. And they spend their mat leave finding the right hashtags to make mm-hmm. money off of their mm. kid. So we were contacted by a company to sell the rights to the video. And then we got contacted by other companies to send shoes, to send all that so we mm. could take photos. And I didn't do it because mm. it was more like, I don't think anything's wrong with that because I know it's good money. But being... With like speaking to these women, how they were so obsessive, Mm -hmm. yeah. And with Jacob, we just genuinely have fun. Yeah, I didn't want to get kind of caught up because I felt like I might. Oh yeah, because it's like okay, now you're gonna get five thousand dollars here, and I'm like, oh shit, you know, Matt Lieber getting pennies. That five thousand (laughs) dollars education would be perfect. Fantastic. So then my husband and I made the conscious decision that if that's something he would want to get into when he's maybe older yeah then okay because we have friends that did the huggy stuff and all that and Mm -hmm. their kids were pissed the whole time they made Mm. money 
their piss and i'm like oh, i don't want to really piss them off so yeah, early it's true and i'll wait till he's older they get him mad every day <laughs> i mean to your point i i totally get what you mean because yeah. when winter was born i got her instagram page mm-hmm. it wasn't necessarily that i wanted her to be famous mm-hmm. but i was already like blogging and stuff and mm-hmm. i said let me save her name and initially, I was like, I don't want to put her out there like that. Yeah. But then she was so damn cute. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, God, I can't yeah. help but share pictures. Yeah. And then Winter easily posed. Mm-hmm. She was just laying there, and she just looked cute. But yeah. then as she got older, it mm-hmm. got more difficult. And I said, nah, dog. Yeah. The second it got difficult, I was like, I'm not. Like, before, just get you dressed for the day. You look cute, and you're sitting there. Mm-hmm. I take a photo. Yeah. But now it's like, um, if I get you dressed and you're running around and you don't want to stop for a photo, I'm not going to take yeah, a photo. I agree. A similar thing happens with the RB's boutique. So, like, you know, that was birthed out of Yara going bald. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> putting bows on her, you know, buying, selling, designing bows, like, that was something that I was passionate about on maternity leave. And not to say that I won't continue it going forward, but I do you feel should. like... You're cute. As my primary, <laughs> as my primary model, um, yeah. Sometimes she's in a mood, and like I've said it from the very beginning, like Yara's not really been a fan of photos. She mm-hmm. loves to smile, and she's mm-hmm. a happy baby. But the camera comes out, and she's like, "Nah, son, like, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not with it." So I don't want to force it. I never mm-hmm. want to force it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I always want it to be organic. I want her to be natural. I don't want her to hate me mm-hmm. or the business that I'm trying to build in her name. Yeah. So um, I hear you. I think it's like a, it's a catch twenty two. And like I, again, we do have moms. We know moms who, you know, have their children on social media. and who Yeah, are I do. I post my son all the time. Yeah. He has his own Instagram page. Yeah. But it's the, and I, I get it, even with your business, it makes mm-hmm. so much sense. But it's the obsessive culture. Absolutely. Of, okay, I want to post my kid 500 times. My whole Instagram, my personal page is all Jacob. Mm-hmm. But I'm not Googling the right hashtag. Yeah, so yeah, can yeah, be found yeah. And make sure I'm getting these, like, contracts for him. Yeah. That's true. Post her kids 5 million times. I'm all for it. I'm liking mm-hmm. all those photos. It's just the intention mm-hmm. behind it. You yeah, know? yeah. Because it's Instagram. They're, every damn kid has an Instagram page. Every People's kid. bellies have an Instagram page. When mm-hmm. He's in there, like, so... <laughs> That's true. That's true. Yeah. Is really bellies, belly babies or yeah, babies? So, wow. There's a page for everything. They're literally. <laughs> Why does that not shock me? That is, that's scarier. Yeah. The world so see, millennial mom, that's the show we're dealing with. That is it. <laughs> And I think that, like, that kind of answers the other question about, like, why, like, how it's more challenging. Because I definitely think about my mom growing up. And for sure, I think that one of the things that she said that she wished that she had access to was some of the things that we have access to, which is the internet. Mm-hmm. My mom's like, there's so many things that, like, you know, when you were born or when Danielle was born that I struggled with and that I would have really benefited from, like, just being able to, like, at the click of a finger, yeah. find a solution or an alternative. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have that benefit. And then um, do you feel like we have too many alternatives? Well, then that's it. And that's what I said. I'm like, but then everyone's like Dr. Google, yeah. right? So like your child has a headache and you search, it's like, oh, they have cancer. Great. Like, fabulous. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, things go left so fast. And I'm like, I feel like, and that's the scary part. Like, I feel like you, as my, my mom was probably more resourceful, mm-hmm. right? Leanne has a fever. Okay, like, what can we do? And she's using like, you know, remedies. So they have home, remedies, yeah. Mm-hmm. All this different thing where we're, we're stressed out and freaked out. So... I mean, I definitely see benefits and drawbacks to both generations of motherhood, but definitely. we do have it tough. We just have to learn to regulate ourselves. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, okay, if she's sick, I am no longer looking online because mm-hmm. that is not a doctor. Yeah. Yeah. And I'd rather just like go on my phone to book an appointment absolutely, and mm-hmm. leave it at that. But then there are times where I don't remember something and mm-hmm. I'll be like, oh, Google, can a one-year-old eat 
pizza. Yeah, that's you know, what I, do, yeah. I don't. Remember, I can't remember everything. <laughs> yeah, but that's when I find that it's resourceful for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then, yo, in the beginning, I went down those rabbit holes yeah. where I was like, I can't sleep at night, and I mm-hmm. spent six hours googling mm-hmm. <laughs> the most ridiculous thing absolutely and absurd. basically put my child in a coma mm-hmm. <laughs> and she had one leg right and she'd never wow. grow <laughs> i was like oh lord absolutely yeah. insane and at that point i'm like all right i'm done with the internet yeah, i am finished yeah i would always just call my mom that too and then but then there's some things that are so different like for like when I was pregnant, so my doctor delivered me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So she's also Jake. So she's obviously like super old. Yeah. So she couldn't deliver Jacob, but she was Jacob's doctor and there through my pregnancy. So whenever I was worried about something, she's like, "Your mom didn't have these worries, and you came out pretty okay. So yeah. why are you stressing? Love it, right? But then when things would go wrong with Jacob or he wasn't feeling well, call my mom. I'll Google some things. Mm-hmm. But when it came towards the whole breastfeeding and bottle feeding thing, because mm-hmm. breastfeeding, I literally I thought my nipples were just done they were dropping off cracking up (laughs) broken right and yeah and the milk wasn't even coming out but they're sucking sucking Mm -hmm. so when i'm talking to like my mom and family it's like oh you you just like have to breastfeed it's like a thing like breastfeeding is just what you do there's no alternative but then it's like oh but then there's formula and there's this there's something just like you go to your family but they have some traditional ways as well so you almost have to still decipher everything for for yourself for sure it's just a lot. It's just, it is. Like, it's just like, you know, when it's, it's all lot. said and done, it's just yeah. a lot. Like, momming is not easy. It's not. Keeping a kid alive in today's, today's I'm world. I'm telling you. <laughs> right? Right? <laughs> every, I'm telling you, every night, that's what I'm saying, every night when I put this child down, like, I pray for her. Yeah. And I pray for myself. And I'm just like, God, just give me the strength. Like, I got through today. She's going down to sleep. Help me get through tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it is not easy. I remember every night I was, like, praying for my son mm-hmm. and my husband. And then there's one day I was sitting in bed. I'm like, oh, shit. Something, what if something happens to me? They can't survive. <laughs> God, please look after me, too, yeah. when I'm driving. Like, right? I was so, I was so focused That's on, me. like, taking care of the family. And then, like, there was one day when out and my husband was calling me about something, something to feed him. And I'm like, shit, God, you got to make sure I last. Okay? <laughs> we all need Don't each other. Don't take me. We all need each other. Right? But, yeah. You're too cute. But definitely me, Lord. Mm -hmm. Right? Keep me alive first. It's bad enough you carry the kid for nine months. My husband cannot pack a bag. Don't even talk about it. I think we're all in the same club. 23 hours of labor, like, child, bye. Bye. I don't want to hear it. All this work to look like your dad Mm -hmm. only? Only. Exclusively. I don't have, like, his I look like the babysitter. Right? (laughs) No thanks. Like, so upset. such a mess. Um, Okay, so we talked about... The millennial mama. Uh, do we want to chat to chat a little bit? I think you may have touched on it, but I think like let's just we can you, you can list out a couple. So what? Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. What are a few misconceptions that you feel like the world has about millennials? Oh, I know there's probably a hundred. 
Okay, we'll like, narrow it. Let's give us your top three. Okay, so all we care about is travel. I have a reason. I have an answer to. You. Unless I'm like, I do love the truth. Yeah, <laughs> a good vacation. Yeah, so a lot of guilty. older people. So the experience I've had in the corporate world or dealing with older people, they said okay. all you guys care about is traveling. It's all you care about. So the background, the um, research behind that is because millennials were the first generation to have two working parents. So the ones before us, it was usually just like one working or either like a stay-at-home mom or someone was always there. So growing up as a millennial, the only time we had that family time with the mom, the dad, if the parents weren't separated and the kids was during family vacation Mm -hmm. because it was though our parents' first time like, you know, figuring out bills. It wasn't a one-person take-all and whatever. It's balancing life. So psychologically, millennials correlate vacation with that time of getting that attention and having that time with family mm. but also too there's way more places that are cooler to travel to but oh, whatever well. so anyway <laughs> love a good vacation but how we give a shit about his vacation common thing is we don't care about work we just jump around mm. and we're not stable in our jobs i think it's completely wrong we don't have to go into the research of that but it is a job thing especially the role that i'm in now i hear about that a lot that yeah okay they, they're not stable they don't care and whatever it's just because the world is so different now and there's different things that we're looking for and we need our opinions heard we need to make a difference a lot of millennials are have their own business because we're not getting paid enough anyways the housing market is shit. Sure. yeah so that we don't know shit about parenting i hear that a lot oh wow we google everything yeah, well, which we do, but we also have sense. Of course, absolutely. Um, so I hear that, that we're never going to get into the housing market. Mm-hmm. We don't know how to save. Uh, we're going to ruin the world in terms of the workforce. But yeah. 2025, millennials are going to be the majority of the workforce, so we'll be taken over. So hate it or love it, we're coming. <laughs> we're here. Yeah. And then the typical avocado toast thing. Yeah. And all we eat is avocado toast. I do love me some avocado Listen, toast. Yeah, me? but I also love McDonald's, so what the heck? Exactly. And I, I mean, And I also love Arkansas. Like, yeah. I love a variety of things, <laughs> and I feel like to narrow us to, you know, just being, I don't know, Sounds like, like a hater to me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's really it. And I, I think it comes down to people not understanding us and us not understanding ourselves and what mm-hmm. we can do. But also, I get it. It's just the narrative. It's what's constantly projected on us that you end up being that. Yeah. Like if you if you see the same, it's like representation for even cultures like mm-hmm. black people. There's all of these things in the media, and then there's all these stereotypes and whatever. Yeah. And every day we're working to change that narrative. Absolutely. That's what we're doing with this generation, or that's what I'm trying to put out there with this generation. Because mm-hmm. when we're going into jobs, for example, people are already judging us. Like, oh, they look young, so they're probably not going to be here long enough, and they don't give a shit about... Like, Absolutely. I literally had someone say, like, True. well, I feel like that person is young, so they don't care. They don't have real bills to pay. I've had whatever. someone say that to me. Yeah. Oh, you don't know. You don't understand. Mm-hmm. Like, uh... Yeah, I'm like, well, I have a mortgage. I yeah. have a child, <laughs> husband, you know, got to feed people, keep them alive. Exactly. But, hey, you know, I'm just a millennial. Yeah. So. It's true. I think the big one that I hear often is that millennials don't have enough grit, mm. and it's just like, yeah, like we are, we are the, um, you know, the gen- generation that's played, plagued with mental health, and there's always like anxiety or depression or something mm. that keeps us or like you know, um, that makes it difficult for us to get through. Mm-hmm. So just by virtue of that, like we're not gritty enough. We don't mm-hmm. have what it takes, and I think that's really interesting. Like, what do you? How do you respond to that? Um, I think it's, I think, depending on how you grew up, things like 
mental health mm-hmm. or just being unhappy or whatever, it was always so frowned upon. Yeah. It was very like, okay, get it together or you're being dramatic yeah. and mm-hmm. whatever. And I think now because people are talking about those things, mm-hmm. people don't feel so alone, yeah. right? Those conversations never happen because people have to always be strong. Yeah. And yeah. you always have to get to the next level and you have to build yourself up. And I, I don't think that we're a more sensitive generation. I think we just kind of say our opinions yeah. more. I do think some people are, like, personality-wise, they are extreme. Like, some of the shit that I hear, they're like, I can't do it because some bullshit reason. Like First world problems? Yeah. <laughs> so, like, that stuff is irrelevant. But I feel like it's important for those things to be talked about. And yeah. they weren't talked about before. And I think social media, the benefit of that is it's given people that voice and that outlet. Of mm-hmm. course, with any situation, people really kind of hop on the bandwagon. Yeah. And maybe aren't experiencing those things or using things as an excuse. Mm -hmm. But I think the issue in the past versus now is it was never a conversation. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And now, and now it is. I think that's a really great point because I, that was, you know, something that I'd argued. I'm like, arguably mental health, like mental health, mental illness, depression, anxiety, these aren't new phenomena. Yeah. Like even when I spoke to my mom and I was mentioning, and we joked about this, about me wanting to encapsulate my placenta because I was like, you know, concerned about postpartum depression. And I'm like, mm. I just really didn't want to have to face that. And I know how I am when I PMS. And I just wanted to take a preventative measure. And mom's like, all oh, this postpartum, postpartum. Mm-hmm. She's like, no one ever had postpartum. I'm like, mm, really? She's like, no, no one has that in Jamaica. People don't really have postpartum in Jamaica. I'm like, I would argue differently. Yeah. I would argue that a lot of women in Jamaica, like currently and, you know, in the past, have suffered from postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety, but didn't feel comfortable or safe to mm-hmm. share. Yeah. They just work through it. And I feel like... And they probably you, still have it. They still yeah. have it. And I think that the like, scarier part is that those kinds of feelings and, the, you know, those issues manifested in other ways, it might have, like, been projected onto their children. I'm say. It might have, yeah. like, you know, that could have destroyed relationships, like spousal relationships. Mm-hmm. Who, know, who knows what kind of damage was caused by, you know, Jamaican women, in this example, um, not being forthright or honest about what they were experiencing. Exactly. So in that way, I think that, you know, as millennials, what we are is we're just more open. Mm-hmm. We're just more honest about what we're going through, what we're feeling, what we're yeah. experiencing. Yeah. And I, I think that sometimes that's being misread as being weak. weak yeah. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the reverse is true. Mm-hmm. And I think that we've talked about that so yeah. many times on this podcast where the reverse is true. The strength comes from owning what you're experiencing. Yeah, it becomes than, empowering. Yeah, of But course. it's also like, look at your platform. Like, mm-hmm. you're catering to mothers. And mm-hmm. a lot of people could sit there and feel like, oh my goodness, I'm so alone. I can't talk about this. But then even if they're not directly conversing with you guys, they realize, okay, I'm not the only one. Yeah. Like, even for me, it was, I, I would never, I, like, I love being a new mom. Mm-hmm. And everything was great. But my relationship in the beginning, it's like I probably like planned my husband's murder a couple times. Yeah. But I thought something was wrong with me because I had mm-hmm. been with him at that point for a decade. Yeah. So yeah. I'm like, how is it that we get married, move in together, mm-hmm. everything? And now that I have a new baby, I'm like losing my friggin' shit and yeah. everything. Like you're doing, it's like pissing me off. Yeah. And because we had been together for that long, we had that perception of like, oh, they're so perfect, they're so whatever. So Same. I wasn't yeah. telling yeah. people, <laughs> I wasn't telling people that. Oh yeah, I just like planned how to kill him and then like whatever you know (laughs) and it because i didn't talk about that stuff it was so random one day my son was sleeping i was watching 90 day fiance Mm -hmm. and yeah and then hey one girl i forget her name the one from columbia paul paolo Paolo. Paolo. so she was talking about it and she was just like oh my goodness like i hate russ 
Mm-hmm. And, da, 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 da. and she's like, I don't know why. Ever since I had this baby, like, hate him and whatever. And then the mom's like, don't worry, it'll get better. And that was a moment I'm like, holy shit, it's not just me. Even, yeah. like, something like reality TV, because I didn't talk about it. And then I made an effort to start talking about it in my own channels Because I'm like, you. other people are probably going through this. So it kind of puts you to be vulnerable in the situations you went through. Because you mm-hmm. don't know who's listening. Especially Hello. moms. Like, Definitely. They need to each hear. other. Yeah. They need to know. I'm mm-hmm. not the only one with cracked up nipples and C-section mm. couch and having mm. showered. Like, mm. I'm <laughs> telling you. I actually was just <laughs> having this conversation with um, some people yeah. a few days ago. And I was being very transparent mm-hmm. and honest. And I'm like, you know, I love my husband. And we went through a lot. And it got to the point where we're like, well, should we divorce or what? Like, mm-hmm. where are we going to go from here? Mm-hmm. And they're like, what? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? You guys, but you never have problems. I'm yeah. like, no, I never talk about yeah, my problems. exactly. But now that I've gone through this whole process of having a child, I realize how important it is for myself mm-hmm. and for others to hear what I'm going through. Amen. Because... A lot of things that I was saying, the other women were like, oh, my God, me too. And I got so mad at my husband because Mm -hmm. he wanted to help me, but I was so upset and I didn't know what was wrong with me. And I realized it probably was postpartum. And I was trying to, like, kill him Mm -hmm. because he wanted me to get help. Exactly. And I was so insulted. I'm like, we have to normalize talking about these things because it's... Postpartum depression and anxiety is just as normal as labor. Hello. Mm-hmm. It's, it might happen to you. And the fact that people don't talk about it, they feel so uncomfortable that mm-hmm. they miss out on getting help. Yes. And that ruins relationships, yep. marriages, even connecting it. with your children. You name yeah. it. Possible crisis scenarios for people. And if we just talked about it, you probably could have avoid, avoided so much in your life and... I really appreciate the empowerment that I've received from myself by talking about these things. I I know. I agree, too. If it wasn't for, like, I thank my husband all the time because he would literally just sat me down. He's like, we need to talk about this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm like, what? He's like, listen, I love you. I know you're losing your mind right now. But, and then so I could just kind of let out, just cried and said, yeah. I don't know what's happening with me. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm trying to keep a kid alive and I'm trying, I'm not sleeping and I just mm-hmm. want to shower. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, and even like amongst your friends, but also your partner. Yeah. You want to be able to be upfront and vulnerable with them. Like, because you, you're just going to feel alone. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and the, the funny thing too is that like, you know, postpartum depression, yes, it's inevitable. Not inevitable. I, I would hope not. But it's common. Mm-hmm. So common. So, like, you know. It's, Even if it's, like, a slight case. Exactly. Like, you're planning murders with the person and, uh, exactly. you love. Like, <laughs> come on. <laughs> like, it's, and exactly. And I think that sometimes you have to realize, too, that it's not like it doesn't. There's no length of time, right? Mm-hmm. It can be for a day. It can be for a week. It can be for several weeks. But I think the important thing that you just mentioned, talking to your spouse, because they, too, experience something similar, right? Mm-hmm. And it's not maybe, like, it's not again in line with like having had a child but it's this new found reality mm-hmm. um, you're not o- number one mm-hmm. hello and it was only through talking to Leon where Leon was expressing to me he's like yeah I'm, I'm going through it too like I'm scared too like yeah like I you know you think that I'm here sleeping but I'm not like I'm also like getting up in the middle of the night checking to make sure she's breathing I'm also looking at you and worried if whether or not you're gonna be okay I'm also yeah. like thinking about like you know how are we gonna do, pay the bills because our income's reduced like he's like I'm going through it too like it's yeah. not just you so there's so much value in having those conversations because mm-hmm. they're too going through their own state of like you know mental challenges yeah and it's just hard it's hard on the family so i love it i love that we can do this and we can be honest and we can have this platform mm-hmm. because it's shout so, out to you so guys important. Mm-hmm. Thanks, hey. well you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> 
So you empower people for a living. Mm-hmm. How how does that spill into your motherhood? How do you feel like that affects you as a mom? Or does it? Mm, I don't know. Prior to being a mom and prior to starting page one of some, I feel like my personality, the way I was very direct, always wanting to help people has remained consistent. Um, but I'm like super blunt, like mm-hmm. blunt, no bullshit, blunt, call you out on your shit, blunt. <laughs> and you need friends like that. Speaking yeah. to someone off camera is one thing. I think with Paige, when it's some on the video side or when I'm doing like speaking engagements that are recorded or in big groups of people, I think now having a child is the reminder that your kid can Google this shit years later. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so some things I'm saying, it's just like, okay, let's maybe delete that section. Yeah. <laughs> because we don't want Jacob to know that part. Yeah. But um, in terms of empowerment... And empowering other people. I think it constantly reminds me now having a child that my approach with people being no bullshit, I need to be like that with Jacob. Not like mm. Jacob, what the hell, you know, like get your shit together. <laughs> Every your, months. Yeah, like, not like that. <laughs> but in terms of being so upfront yeah. and honest and vulnerable and being able to have those conversations, I can't only do that with people that are paying me. Like, mm. it, it's with my child too because... I want to be able to have that open conversation that people can have with me with my son. I want mm. him to know he can always come to me. It's a constant reminder of that. And it's a constant reminder, too, that when he gets older, I've, like, been there, done that. And I don't want to lose that mindset of, mm-hmm. okay, well, it's different now and times are different. It's like we're all going through diff- the same shit mm-hmm. at a different time, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's a constant reminder that I need to have those conversations with him and also the people that I'm speaking to I'm more invested because these people are having kids these kids could be my kids friend I don't want them to have any dumbass friends I need to have <laughs> give the right advice because that kid's gonna transfer yeah. to their kids right? you know so that's the word that is a word in yeah. itself it's just so, like I need to be kind and make sure that the information that I'm out here sharing yeah because that's just gonna get passed down because even when I was at early years I remember like I went to a different class and I was um, I called my husband right after and I'm like, AJ, we're going to have some problems at these birthday parties. And he's like, mm-hmm. why? I'm like, these moms that are raising these kids, like, I don't know what they're even... Trust me. Like, some of the things, it's not even to judge moms, because mm. I don't want to be that person, but some things are just, like, not realistic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. Like, if, so, the, there's a cushioned thing okay I don't know, like those really like it's soft it's almost like those bean bags yeah oh. so the kid just sat on like just like plopped on the bean bag and she's like oh my gosh why did you fall on the bean bag oh and she tells the teacher why are there bean bags in here why is there huh? this? and she started snapping like wow lost her mind over like a soft like the kid wasn't crying anything you know how they look to your reaction yeah mm-hmm. so i'm like these are gonna be jacob's friends aj we're gonna have to buy their kids a present He's going to be influenced. Like, <laughs> like it's crazy. It's so funny because, like, I have a really short story to share. So, essentially, I enrolled Yara into this Montessori school that I mm-hmm. absolutely loved. I was sharing with Shannon and other people, like, how, like, I was crazy. I went to seven different tours, mm-hmm. seven different, like, facilities trying to find a great space for her. And I mm-hmm. found one that I loved. The day before she starts, I ended up going to my midwifery clinic. Because mm-hmm. I've been meaning to go back there just to show them like how much Yara's grown. Mm-hmm. Go there. Look ended what up, I, did. I know. Look at mm-hmm. it. Look at it. Look what you did. Look what you did. So, um, and the secretary who I do love, I really do love, she shared with me her experience um, about that Montessori, that she didn't really oh. have a great experience. Mm. And, you know, she didn't share much with me, but I just, 
I left thinking, oh my gosh, I need to pull her out. Mm-hmm. Oh, I need to no. find a replacement. Girl, I went like a crazy person. I dropped Yara off at my mom's workplace and I started like just in the parking lot scouring for daycares in the area. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I live in the area. I'm not, sorry, I don't live in the area, but I work in the area. My mom works in the area. My mom lives in the area. So just find a daycare or a monastery around here. Looking crazily, went on tours. What? I, I found, can I come now? Okay, <laughs> can I come? That, that was me. Like, Running around, like, wow. flying all around the city like a mad woman. I went on Facebook, um, the Whitby Moms group. I'm like, hey, or Whitby Moms and Dads. I'm like, has anyone heard anything about this daycare? Throw it out there. One mom's like, it's awful. It's terrible. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I can't send it. Like, I was panicked. Yeah. So panicked. And you know what? By the end of the, by the, end of the day, I was completely spent. And I was so sad because I woke up thinking this is my last day with Yara before she starts daycare. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make the best of it. And I wasted it. I wasted it being mm-hmm. scared freaked out finally i get home and leon's like we're just gonna send her we're gonna send her we're gonna go tomorrow we're gonna scope it out ourselves we're gonna get the feel if we don't feel comfortable you're off for the next two weeks she stays home for the next two weeks you you if you lose the enrollment fee then so be it Mm -hmm. it's like but let's just you know let's just experience it for ourselves and we've gone and am i gonna is it the most incredible like perfect daycare in the like in the world i'm sure there are issues little things here and there that i would like to see differently but ultimately it's amazing mm-hmm. they absolutely adore yara yara they're obsessed with her i bring her there everyone's super excited she's well fed she's well taken care of mm-hmm. like you know the the things that she's learning are useful and constructive i get daily reports i get videos and pictures mm-hmm. every single day of her doing things that are useful and i said to myself like if i allowed this mom these moms to, you know, really infiltrate and, like, really, like, just to to change my thinking, then I would have missed out on, like, a really great experience for Yara. So I feel like it's just, I don't know, it's wild. It's, it really is wild. And I think that as moms, like, it's fine to get information. It's fine to, you know, allow people to share their experiences. But we really have to be confident and comfortable in our own judgment. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, we really have to make sure we're trusting our maternal instincts. And it's hard because I've only been a mother for 13 months. Mm-hmm my maternal instincts are still growing, mm-hmm. right? But I just feel like there, we need to be just more confident in our own judgment. Yeah. And that was like, it was such a defining moment for me because like I said, when I say I was running around Markham like a crazy <laughs> person, only to like take her to the school and she absolutely loves it. She has not <laughs> cried. Mm-hmm. Not a single, like oh, that's from amazing. the very first day she did not cry and she hasn't cried since. That's a win. Right? That is a if, win. If nothing else is a win, that's a win. So anyway. <laughs> did you cry? You know what? My I was fighting tears. Leon the same because when he dropped her, like Leon took the day off work. He was so convinced that it was going to be that hard of a day for all mm-hmm. of us. He's like, I'm not going to work today. So we went there. We we go in. Leon takes his shoes off, jacket. He's like, I'm staying. So he's like on the carpet <laughs> <laughs> with her, and the other kids are playing. Like he's just they're all like around Leon as he's like engaging with Yara. And like he did that for like five ten minutes, and then I'm like, okay, I think it's time for us to go. So mm-hmm. like I get up, he gets up. Leon's like eyes welled up like I couldn't believe it like we were both so emotional mm-hmm. and we're like okay bye y'all and she just turns around she's like bye and then Aww. turned back and she started doing what she was doing and I was like okay <laughs> so there was like no room to be emotional I just felt like I felt emotionally constipated like mm-hmm. I left tear ducts burning stuff because I'm like I, I want to cry but I can't because yeah. she's handling it so well Yeah. Aww. and then we go to pick her up and she's just super happy like she has her favorite t-shirt she made a little friend and it was just it was weird it was it was, it was wild mm. so it's I'm nice happy. it's nice though 
It is. It's sad that you you missed that moment and you thought you you'd be in tears. But right? then I also feel so at peace oh. to know that she's comfortable. Mm-hmm. So at peace, and it makes the day better because Dad. I love picking Winter up from daycare Same. when yeah. she's just like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. That's true. <laughs> she's Jacob so doesn't want to go home. No, no. <laughs> he has some days where he'll be like. So he'll run up to me all happy, and other days when they play with those like big ass balls, they have the basketball nets yeah. out. He's like, "Hi, mama," and then just starts playing. I'm like, "Oh mm-hmm. no, no, we did. <laughs> <laughs> like, we gotta go. We gotta yeah. go." But but that's a good feeling. It like is. it was. It's nice. It like, when I I was told by a couple of the, the teachers that um because Yara associates like sleeping with nursing. So mm-hmm. even though she only nurses before bed, like when it's nap time, like one of the teachers will rock her because she's the youngest. And she says every time they, they rock her, she puts the, her hand in their shirt. Oh, yeah. yeah and yeah. I was like, I'm like, what? <laughs> and she's like, we just love it because she's so sweet. And she just rests her hand. I'm like, even that, for them to allow that and, you know, mm-hmm. to have that kind of, and for her to feel comfortable doing that, yeah. it was so reassuring to me. So it's good. That's it good. is good. It's quite a blessing. They're growing up. <sighs> they are. They are. <laughs> Honestly, because, uh, oh, my God. Could you imagine sitting at work and thinking about how much she's crying? Listen, one of our listeners who I love dearly shared her own experience and she's like, honestly, she broke down at work yeah. because her child was having, like, she just wasn't having it. Like, oh. she, her dad dropped her and she was losing it. Yeah, she said some... her son responded very well, but her daughter was having a really, really, really hard time. And it's like, it, it's worse when they're a bit older because I think she's 18 months now. And she mm-hmm. was like, Dada, no. And oh. it's like, because you don't even. Not going. <laughs> yeah. No, no. Nope. All right. That's when I quit. I quit. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. I know, right? I would not be able to deal. It's tough. We have tough cookies. Yeah, we do. Oh. Anyways. I think our last question. What else? Our last question is, okay, fill in the blanks or finish the sentence for us. Mm-hmm. Being a mom to Jacob has made me... On <laughs> an emotional mm-hmm. You can have a second to think. <laughs> has made me realize what unconditional love really is. No. She took it there, guys. I took it there because I remember being younger because I've been with my husband for like this year will be 12 years and I'm like, oh, you know, I love you unconditional. It's like the thing you say, unconditional love. But when, like when you're in your stomach, when they're in your stomach, you love them. When you see them and you're like, holy shit, like I will do anything for you. Mm -hmm. No matter what the condition is, my love will never change. Yeah. Like I won't be planning his murders. Like like, (laughs) you know when you're with someone and you're with your spouse, it's like there is conditions essentially to love. Like don't friggin' cheat. Cheat. Don't do this. Like don't hit me. There's so many things. But, like, to actually, like, look at someone and be, like, no, no matter, matter what. what, like, anything oh, you need. You need the God. whole body, take the whole body. Mm-hmm. You need the ears, nose, I can't speak, no mm-hmm. problem. All the, like, you will do anything. Mm-hmm. And that unconditional love took my husband and I to, like, even the next level of, okay, we're working to do, to get this vacation or get a new place. But mm-hmm. it, everything comes down to Jacob yeah. all the time. So it's it's almost like a sense, a new sense of purpose. Yeah. But it is that unconditional love because it's, like, no matter what, I stare at him and I'm like, holy shit, you were the one breaking up my back inside my stomach. If I have like a C-section pouch because of you, <laughs> I had a bald spot, everything, yeah. but I love you <laughs> so much. Yeah. Like, You're in awe next level. every day. Yeah. It's true. Like every time he does something, I'm just amazed. Like, oh, look at you sneezing, you little sneezer. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> look you at you peeing sneeze. on my hand. Yeah. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> I love it. Like, you know, it's just motherhood is life. Yeah, changing, mm-hmm. and I have so much. I remember, like a week after having Jacob, I called my mom, 
and I just apologize. I'm like, you know, those nights. I did the same yeah. thing. Yo! I'm oh like, my god. I'm so sorry. Those times when I went out and I didn't call, and yep. like I was this and I was that. I'm like, because this kid's a the whole same. week, he doesn't want to sleep or anything, and like you went through this for all these years. Same. Like, you know, it's different, and I feel like I've always respected moms, Same. but I have, like, a whole new, yep. like, Level, bond. Yeah. Even yeah. though we may not know each other, when I see someone pushing that carriage, I know it's a struggle to get that kid in the damn car seat mm-hmm. anyways, to even get you yeah. in the mall. Or, like, when you just need to walk, or mm-hmm. you need to, you know, it's just a whole, I don't know, just moms really need to stick together. Stick together. Because yeah. it is, like, there's nothing, it's not doubting fathers. No. But it's a whole different life. Whole different ballgame. So. Anyone out there that would understand, it's us moms. We will mm-hmm. understand each other mm-hmm. even though we don't know each other. Exactly. No matter what. We'll all experience that yeah. same thing. Yeah. Like, even on social media, you know, you have, like, 5 million people on there. You may not talk to them. Once I see a pregnancy announcement, I'm like, oh, my gosh, congratulations. <laughs> oh my it's like, I'm that person. I genuinely feel joy. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, I'm so happy for you. Even if you're puking every day, like, just the experience mm-hmm. of a child. And then when I know people, so I'm really prolonging this question, but... No, that's no, okay. no, People that I know who are struggling to have children. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. And then it, like, breaks my heart Same. to know that I have this, like, I have this baby. Like, yeah. I went through this experience. I have Jacob, mm-hmm. you know? It's just... It's just such a blessing to know you're even just growing this little, it's just, I don't know. It's like weird to think about. It's like a little alien kind of thing. We were looking at his (laughs) ultrasound photos when he looked like a seahorse. Yeah. Weird 3D, like little nasty one to like what he looks like now. Yeah. Yeah, It's it's a beautiful thing. It It is. It is. Oh my gosh. Every time I think about it, I just like start gawking. I'm like, I can't believe this. Me and Winter and the fact that I can hang out with her before she was born. Mm -hmm. I miss that last leg of my third trimester when we woke up together. Yes. Hey girl. Or she like stretch and roll over. Or like when I went to bed, she'd always wake up at 8 p.m. And start oh. her day. Yeah. <laughs> and I'd be like, girl, just don't kick me too much. I'm going to sleep. Right. Oh. And we just had our little bond going mm-hmm. on. And that when she was born, we just looked at each other and I was like, sup? She's like, hey. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I remember just, that voice. Yeah. It's yeah. just so sweet. Oh, my God. It's amazing. And that's the thing. Like, I feel like motherhood is, like, <laughs> phenomenal. And I do recognize that pregnancy and being able to carry a child successfully is it's a blessing. A blessing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It really is. Because more often than not... Uh, people struggle, and I feel like you don't realize how many women are struggling until you yourself are, are successful. Yeah, it yeah. was only then that I, you know, was kind of. I felt like I was like bombarded with stories about miscarriage and stillbirth, yeah, and like yeah. it's really hard. It's really really hard, and affects so many women, and, and it knows no no bounds. Like it's like rich, poor, black, white. It's, like it's like everybody suffers. And I remember hearing that actually, I went to the breastfeeding clinic. They had like a workshop, like a, about a week before I actually gave birth. And, you know, she was just sharing all these different stories. And I had heard so many horror stories about breastfeeding. So I was anxious. And she's like, you know what? It's going to be hard. And at the end of the day, the most important thing is that your baby is fed. So if mm-hmm. you're not successful, like, don't worry. It's not the end of the world. And she's like, but if, whenever you're feeling stressed, whether it be breastfeeding or just having the child or whatever the case is, she's like, come down to this hospital and go on to the second floor. And she's like, come around 8 o'clock. And she's like, that's the fertility clinic. And she's like, we don't open until 9 and at 8 a.m., every single morning, like clockwork, the line is around the freaking corner. Aww. And there are women, like, as she said, women from all walks of life, the most affluent to ones that are poverty-stricken, to new immigrants, to 17-generation Canadian. And she's like, women fighting for the right 
to have what you have. Mm-hmm. Just fighting, giving what, paying mm-hmm. whatever, doing whatever they have to do. I don't care how many times you have to stick me, poke me, prod me. Mm-hmm. I want this. I want this. And she's like, that is. She's like, it, it, it's so, it's so humbling. Mm-hmm. She's like, so just think about that. Think about them during, you know, the, the challenging moments. And yeah. it was funny because that was something that I actually really tried to do, especially mm-hmm. in the midst of my labor. Was just like think about what a blessing. Yeah, it yeah. Is. So yeah, what I do whenever Jacob is doing some crazy stuff. I'm like, <laughs> remember how thankful you are to even be in a position of your kid ruining your house. Hello. Yeah. Like that's literally it. That you could even like have be in a position to say, oh, he broke this, mm-hmm, or he mm-hmm. made this mistake, or he's yeah, done like to even can. have like a story, right? Because you can. So it's it's hard. So it's definitely a blessing. Amen. On well, that note, friends. With that being said, <laughs> we want to thank you for coming on our show today. Thank you. We really appreciate me. this. I know. It was a great having you. you and we loved nice. your insight. Yes. And oh, you guys yeah. should go check out her page. Please We're going to put do. it up. Let them know how they can connect with you. Yeah. Them all, yes. All the so um, Instagram is page one of some, P A I G E, the number one of some. Um, but anyways, other ones are coming up. Yeah, page one of some, so P-A-I-G-E, the number one of O-F-SUM on Instagram. Um, I have some speaking engagements coming up. On the 16th, I'll be at Manifesto. The 19th, I'll be at Humber. Cool. Uh-huh. <laughs> She's booked and busy. Yeah, booked and busy. Um, but guys, I just want to connect. If anyone has any millennial stuff to talk about, any nice. advice, I am always there. Oh, and my website, yeah. www.pageoneofsome.com. <laughs> 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 Fabulous. Awesome. All right, guys. Nap time is over. Adios. And we'll see you in our next episode. Bye. 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 Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.